Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. DA on CBS Sports Radio. DA, how you feeling, bro? Man, I'm feeling great. I'm doing great. Happy Monday, boys and girls. One question, one question only. How do you feel? Well, I feel good and I'm doing well. So all that really matters. We have entered a college football-centric hour. Coming up in 20 minutes, Paul Keels, voice of the Buckeyes, is going to join us for the sounds of Saturday. Also over the weekend, USC and Notre Dame both crushing their foes, both top 15 teams. It was week zero in college football. But glad you're with us. We'll also get to advanced analytics and your epic fail. Pete, the body is hot on the writer's strike. And so he has some big-time takes. He's angry at the writer's strike. He says the actors should pay the writers to get this thing over with or write something decent for once, and then maybe you have the leg to stand on to go on strike. Either way, fix it enough. We're asking you, do you even care about the writer's strike? (laughs) That's the poll question. How do we even get talking about it? I don't even remember. Because we were talking about... We were talking about Bob Barker. Bob Barker, game show hosts, how they're kind of... He was trained as a young broadcaster to become a, a great game show host. And I, I've i always resented the fact that people thought that Aaron Rodgers could simply host Jeopardy. And then we were talking about Mayim Bialik. Gotcha. And I said, I think Bogish said, or somebody said, is she still doing Jeopardy? And I said, I just read that she's no longer doing Celebrity Jeopardy in solidarity with the writer's strike. And, and that, Pete lost it. Pete lost it. And that's actually, that's great memory by you, D.A., because I was wondering how he did that. I'm going through the fail right now. You recall that all excellently. I forget a lot of important things. Like Bob Barker was alive when I called him dead two years ago. <laughs> nah, you're sharp as a tack. So over the weekend, USC blew out San Jose State 56-28. Notre Dame went to Ireland and beat up on Navy 42-3. Which of the blowouts were more impressive? Wide receiver screen to the right, 25-20, running to the 15-10, and into the end zone goes Deion Colsey. Broke a tackle at the line of scrimmage and then sprinted across the stripe from 25 yards out. And Notre Dame now leads Navy 41 to nothing. Terrence Shive is kicking off here into the field. On Branch. That's a great job. What a great job by Zachariah Branch. Freshman to the house. Ninety-six 
yards. I spoke to a bunch of the leaders in game, you know, right after coach took me out, and it was the message was we got a special team. But the, the, the second part of the message was we got a long, long and a lot to get better at. Long way to go and a lot to get better at. But the good part is we're one and zero. You know, I feel good going into this next week. That was Notre Dame Radio and Odyssey. That was Pac-12 Networks, and that was Caleb Williams throwing for 278, four touchdowns, no picks in the blowout over San Jose State. I think there's a lot to like, obviously, from both. Neither one messed around and, you know, let it be a game. Both dominated inferior foes. Navies always, the service academies are difficult matchups for just about everybody especially you travel across seas. It's a neutral site, even though there's far more Notre Dame fans there, obviously. It it can be a, a squirrely type of situation against Navy, and so you got to give credit to Notre Dame for demolishing an inferior foe. It was never a game, and Sam Hartman looked really good. Hartman threw four touchdowns, no interceptions, and the Irish did what the Irish should do. But I didn't think that they looked as dynamic as USC looked. Now, again, both playing down or playing competition that was far beneath them, so it's easier to do this when you're playing these types of teams. But I thought that USC just looked like a better team, that there was better talent, better skill position talent, and the quarterback's a different type of quarterback. While Sam Hartman threw four touchdowns, no interceptions, and so did Caleb Williams, not every four-touchdown, no-pick game is built the same. Hartman's release is a little slower. Hartman's arm is a little less strong. Hartman was, he was effective. He was not the number one pick in the NFL draft. And Caleb Williams looked exactly like that against San Jose State. He has that broken play where the ball's on the ground, picks it up, spots his wide receiver down the field, then boom, hits him for a huge touchdown. Hit guys in timing routes, hit guys in screens, hit guys in the flat. I mean, just Williams did all the things you're looking for for a future franchise quarterback in the NFL. And you just see the type of talent around him that they have now acquired Lincoln Riley and company, you're going, that team should be in the college football playoff. That team is one of the five or six best teams in America, and they should be able to prove that throughout this season with a quarterback like that to be the difference maker. Now, USC has fallen short of expectations a lot over the last couple of years, so it's always a dangerous game to assume they're going to be great. But I was just watching USC going, that that's hard to find anything that they don't have on that field to get to a playoff. I wouldn't go so far as to say they can win a national championship because I don't trust USC running through a disintegrating Pac-12 and then running into an SEC squad and being able to win a couple of games there. I don't trust that part of that equation, but that's not... We can get to that in December and January. In August, that team looks like a college football playoff team, and Caleb Williams is going to be the the number one pick in the draft, I would imagine. Maybe it's Drake May at a UNC. I would imagine it's Caleb Williams. But, you know, it's not hard to look at Williams and say, right, 
that's what that's supposed to look like. And that's why that team can be great. I don't think Notre Dame can be great. I think Notre Dame can be very good. I don't think they can be great. And I think that Williams is part of an overall talent layer that USC has that Notre Dame doesn't. But if you're an Irish fan like Boyle, I mean, there's nothing not to like about this. I know you were a little worried that maybe they they messed around and get upset or it's a close game, it's an ugly game, something like that. And they they kind of were off to the races early in this one. Yeah, and um, I, I, I got to disagree, I think, with your general take about how USC looked so great and Notre Dame didn't look so great. Now, Navy can't throw the football, right? And even then, they haven't been able to throw the football for the last 30 years. Uh, Notre Dame lost them last time, 2016. Navy beat them three out of four years in the mid-2000s. So, yeah, there was always that worries of the past horrors that I experienced as a Notre Dame fan where you think you should never lose to any service academy, let alone Navy. Um, But Notre Dame demolished them. USC gave up 28 points to San Jose State, and until the freshman Zachariah Branch, who looked like, who uh, honestly upstaged Caleb Williams, ran back that kickoff for 100 yards, that was 35-21 with less than two minutes left to go in the third quarter. They gave up, uh, what, 400 total yards of offense? I think it's oh, it's it's always what it's going to be with USC, at least the last couple years. The offense will be great. Caleb Williams will be great. He'll be a Heisman finalist. But if they run up against a team that has a offense that is maybe just a step below them, I don't think their defense can stop anybody. And I think you got to, you know, you you got the, what what's going to be coming later on this year when they play Michael Penix in Washington, who can put up 450, 500 yards of offense like it's nothing. I think they probably that's probably the game that that trips them up if they beat Notre Dame, which I honestly I think that's going to be a great game. And then you got Bo Nix, who I think is in his ninth year of eligibility playing for Oregon and that offense. So I think this USC defense is what's going to what's going to trip them up. I think the offense is going to be top tier as it as you'd expect. So I don't disagree that the defense is where they'll need to be better, but I never felt like that game was not USC's to own. I know it was a 14-point spread a couple of times. It was 14-7 actually, and then it was 21-7 and then as you said 35-21. But I mean, did we ever think that the Spartans were going to close a 14-point gap? No, not, not necessarily, but, you know, week one, I guess in this case, week zero overreaction, it's, it's I, I think, what many USC fans and college football fans, well, I guess USC fans fear, and college football fans like myself think, is that USC's defense is what will let them down this year. That's fair. Yes, you're right. They could probably outscore most of the teams on their schedule. Next up, Nevada, Stanford, Arizona State, Colorado, Arizona. I mean, they should end up being, was that 6-0, and I guess? Yeah, 6-0. and And then they've got the trip to South Bend against Notre Dame. And then it's Notre Dame, Utah. You get a breather with Cal and then Washington, Oregon. So those are four out of five weeks. That Those are, those are tough weeks. So you're right. It's not a breeze for USC. But they are, to me, the most talented team by a pretty good margin in the Pac-12. I mean, if they don't win the Pac-12... They are a disappointment. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't I don't necessarily think they will. I think that defense is suspect. Super sus. Super sus? Notre Dame, anything you don't like about what happened? No, not in that game alone against Navy. Um, I'm just worried about Notre Dame's depth if they get some injuries. I think the, the running back position is great. Kid Audric Estime. He might be a Heisman finalist. He's a human battering ram. Um, I think Sam Hartman was, was you know, he's the headline for Notre Dame. Sam Hartman, fifth-year quarterback, coming over from the ACC. How does he do? 
most of last year, I felt like if Notre Dame had a capable quarterback instead of running out um, Buckner and Pine and all the other losers who couldn't throw a football last year, that they <laughs> they probably could have won 11 games and maybe had an outside shot at the college football playoff. Once they lost to Marshall last year, I, I said, I think I was filling in. I said, that's it. Season's over. And then they somehow found a way back to respectability. So last year was, all right, if they have a quarterback, all they need is a quarterback. Marcus Freeman's a rookie head coach. Get him a second year. Get him a full first recruiting class. Now they've got the quarterback. So Notre Dame, big three games, Clemson, USC, Ohio State. Three Huge. top ten teams. Yep. I think they can win two of them. And if they do that, they should be playing in the college football playoff. But if I they, yes, if they go eleven and one, they're in the playoff. I think their their wide receiver depth is what scares me because they would have to beat two of two really good teams out of those three. I think yeah, I think the offensive line is fantastic as it usually is. I think the defensive line and the defense in general is going to be a monstrous unit. It's their ability to have playmakers score, you know, make big time catches when they're going up against those three. Elite teams. That's the really one thing I, I do worry about. But I think the quarterback play is fine. I think Sam Hartman's going to be excellent this year. So over the weekend, we had some week zero college football action. We'll talk to Paul Keels, Ohio State voice, coming up here in about eight minutes. A note on Messi, who did it again on Saturday night. That was his first MLS league game. He had played in something called the League's Cup the last couple of weeks. And so it was kind of a, a midseason tournament against some MLS competition, but it was an MLS versus Mexican First Division in-season tournament, which is why this was his first MLS game, technically. And he comes into the 60th minute, and he scores in the 89th minute. So it just almost like Aaron Judge hitting a three-run home run at the bottom of the ninth inning. This is what Messi kind of delivered. And it was extraordinary again, not just because he scored, but he's doing so in such dramatic fashion. All of these happening late in games. He does a little pass, give and go, ends up creating the goal with a beautiful through pass and beating a couple of defenders, then finishing it off when the pass comes back. I mean, it's just, it's gorgeous. And the ticket for this event, this is a regular season game between Inter-Miami and the New York Red Bulls, on the secondary market, went for about a thousand bucks a pop. Now think about how crazy that is for a regular season MLS game. But this is a new reality for MLS, and it is how do we handle this crush of demand to see Messi? Because back in the day with Pele, he would play at Giant Stadium. You were selling seventy-five thousand seats. Now these are soccer-specific stadiums for the most part. A place like Red Bull Arena seats twenty-three thousand. It's a $1,000 ticket to bring your kid. And if people are still paying that, that's unbelievable. I mean, those are NBA Finals prices in the lower bowl, like within the first five rows of the court for almost anywhere in the building to go see Messi right now. And he's probably not going to play in a couple of games here down the stretch in MLS, and people are going to be really bummed out. So be careful of what you spend your money on. But imagine... He didn't play in this game, and you spent a grand. I mean, it's just kind of insane, but what is happening is something MLS, I won't even say needed because they're a healthy league. They have all these soccer-specific stadiums. They have good expansion fees. They're a healthy product. But where you make it so that kids have the guy, their guy, you need that guy, and in 
football, it's become Patrick Mahomes. It was Tom Brady or a couple of others. It has been LeBron or Steph Curry in basketball. But but MLS needed the guy that kids had to go see, buy the jersey, watch on TV. And clearly you're getting that with Messi, which means if you get that for two years, three years, it hopefully builds a fan base that in 10 or 15 years or 15 to 20 when they have their own kids, they're addicted to the sport. They have fond memories of going, fond memories of watching on TV and say, this is my guy. This is my sport because of my guy. And for 23,000 people in the building on Saturday night, they got their messy moment and they'll never forget it. That's that's really the benefit because they're MLS is fine financially. They're actually healthy. They're not at the same notoriety as the big leagues in in, in sports, in North American sports, but health-wise, they're fine. They need the guy. They're getting it because he's doing it on the field as well. When we come back, Paul Keels, voice of the Buckeyes, DA, CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The DA Show counts down the days until the electricity of college football season returns with the game's greatest voices. It is tipped off. And Lewis going on the deflection. Lewis is going to score. Lewis is going to score. Lewis is going to score. Touchdown over. Touchdown over. Got a block for Brock. 50, 10, 5. Touchdown. 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 Don't win it. We're headed to Atlanta. Touchdown, Boston College. He did it. He did it. Cody did it. All the the Bears have won! Oh my God! The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending, exciting, thrilling finish in the history of college football! It's the sounds of Saturday, every morning on CBS Sports Radio. Jones resets to the shotgun, gets the snap, hands it to Elliott, who goes sweeping to the left side, gets to the 20, loose to the 30, to the 40, down the left side, to the 50, goes Elliott! He's going to take it to the house! 30, 20, 10... Touchdown, Ezekiel Elliott! 
That's the legendary voice of the Ohio State Buckeyes, Paul Keels, who joins us today to preview the Buckeye season. Paul, good morning. Good morning, DA. How you doing? Doing great. I love our annual visits, and the Buckeyes have another great team this year, certainly national championship aspirations, but give me the temperature of Buckeye faithful after a second straight year of losing to that team up north. Well, that probably is what really gnashes at people right now, and especially losing at home the way they did. And Michigan deserves all the credit for how well they played. Um, there was some encouragement about how then when they got in the playoff, how well they played against an incredibly talented Georgia team. But still, the, the concern around here is can this defense, especially in big games like that, limit the number of explosive plays? And, of course, obviously the quarterback question is a big one that there still is no answer to right now. Let's start with that quarterback question. They've got their opener coming up on Saturday. That's in Bloomington against Indiana. That's a 3.30 Eastern kick on CBS. Do we think there's still not a decision made yet, or they have a decision and they just haven't announced it? No, we don't think there's a decision, to make, at least that's been shared publicly. Now, Ryan Day will have his weekly press conference tomorrow. Um, and it's, it's just trying to read between the lines. And, and Ryan Day is, is really good about stuff like this. He's not trying to withhold anything that he's already decided on. It's a good thing, at least the way they view it, that both the two quarterbacks in question, Kyle McCord and Devin Brown, have played really well here in the summer camp. Um, you know, it's, it's conceivable that they're going to go into it with the desire to play both. And I think that was always kind of a, a feeling, not only just this game, but the next two weeks against Youngstown State in Western Kentucky. McCord has, this is his third year in the program. He's got experience. Brown has only played in two games, has not attempted a pass. So there's a lot of unknowns. They feel confident that they can win with either one of them, considering all of the other weapons they have around them. Well, namely that wide receiving core. Marvin Harrison Jr. leads one of the best, if not the best wide receiving core in the nation. In terms of weapons on the outside, how would you stack the, the wide receivers that they have at their disposal? Well, you summed it up. It's a dangerous group. Not only just Marvin Harrison, but Emeka Ibuka, Xavier Johnson, a former walk-on who's just really contributed with massive plays, a young man by the name of Carnell Tate, Julian Fleming and Jalen Ballard, guys that have kind of been in the shadows of the other receivers that have been here, not to mention the tight end group with a, an experienced tight end in Kate Stover. So whomever the quarterback is, there certainly is a feeling that they've got some downfield threats that can make this offense successful. Paul Keels is the voice of the Buckeyes this morning here on the show. On to the defense, let down against Michigan, and then there's always going to be the what-ifs. If if the defense was better, could hold on to a lead, what does that mean in the college football playoff? How did they improve in the offseason? Well, what the hope is, D.A., is that a second year under Jim Knowles as a coordinator will be the first step. Also, the return of experienced players. I know there are those, there are those people like to say, well, they're the same players coming back. Is that good or is that bad? I think when you've got guys like Jack Sawyer and Jalen Tuimolo out at ends, guys that are now a little more experienced, guys that have shown their ability to be playmakers on the line, that gives you encouragement. Also, a big sign of encouragement is the return of two experienced linebackers in Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers. The area folks are going to watch is that back end where they got gashed against Michigan and Georgia. Uh, can experienced corners like Jordan Hancock, Denzel Burke, can a, a new player coming in like Davis and Ikbenosan, a transfer from Ole Miss, can their safeties with Sonny Styles uh, and Lathan Ransom and also Jihad Carter, a transfer from Syracuse, can they tighten things up? Because that's where this team really needs to show improvement on the back end. They'll start with Indiana, then Youngstown State and Western Kentucky. But then there's a huge matchup in South Bend, Notre Dame. That's on Saturday, September the 23rd. 
How much anticipation is there for a trip to South Bend to take on another top 15 team in the Irish? Well, there's a lot of anticipation, but in a, not to make it sound like coach speak, but opening Saturday on the road against a conference opponent, uh, you know, that's something, and especially given the question that exists at quarterback, also they're replacing three starting offensive linemen. I think the biggest thing right now, D.A., is people are just curious to see how's this team going to play? How are they going to come out and look? Are they going to be hungry, even though they're considered to be sizable favorites against Indiana? Just how are they going to execute on the offensive side? How will either of these two quarterbacks get things going? Yeah, everybody knows the Notre Dame game is there, but it's against a conference opponent. You don't want to get backwards in a divisional game against a team like Indiana. So more than anything right now, the feeling around here is just curiosity to see where can this team take the step that they need to after the last two games last season. Where's the psychology of the Buckeyes fan with the, the the rivalry against Michigan? Well, you know, people were spoiled here for a while, and understandably so. And, you know, they had that long, I believe it was seven-year winning streak against Michigan. And then, of course, there wasn't a game in 2020. Um, everybody kind of knew realistically. Eventually that series would turn and the streak would end. But now having lost the last two games the way they've lost them, that's what kind of really grates at Ohio State fans right now. So really there is a strong feeling. To be able to attain the other long-term goals, the first thing they have to do is to be able to beat Michigan and, and win a division title and play for a Big Ten championship. That's kind of the, the really sticking point that everybody's – they're talking about the season started. They're talking about Notre Dame, like you said, but everybody kind of realizes it's going to come down, most likely come down to that game in Ann Arbor. You ready for some conference games and road trips to Seattle and Eugene, Oregon? No. <laughs> no, but, you know, that's the reality we're going to have to get used to. People that uh, really enjoy that aren't the folks that have to take those late-night flights coming all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, entering year 26 at the helm, huh? Yeah. How cool is that? Amazing. And my and my partner, Jim Lachey, this is his 27th season. So, And we've got, a, we've got our producer. It's his 39th year. We got a good group we work with, DA, and, and that makes it that much more fun. But you're a bunch of raw youngsters in that radio booth there. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Paul Keels, the legendary voice of the Ohio State Buckeyes. The Buckeyes, one of the best teams of the country, will open up on Saturday in Bloomington against Indiana and the Hoosiers. Paul, it's always great to catch up. Thank you so much. Glad to do it. Take care, DA. You too. Paul Keels. All class. He's one of the best. Love catching up. Every year we talk to Paul because we talk about the 25 best stories in college football, and Ohio State's always in there. I mean, this is an interesting schedule. Of course, that Michigan game looms, and after the last two years, that's what everybody is going to be focused on. But you've got Penn State coming into Columbus. You've also got Michigan State coming into Columbus. But you've got to go to Ann Arbor. You've got to go to Camp Randall. You've got to go to South Bend. So those five games clearly dictate the season. Those five games dictate whether you win the Big Ten or whether you go to a college football playoff or not. And they're all tough. They're all good games. You get a couple at home. You get a couple on the road. But it starts with that big one against Notre Dame. I mean, I, I don't think Ohio State will, will struggle much against Indiana. I mean, whoever they choose at quarterback, there's just so many weapons, and you know they're going to be able to get up and down the field throwing. The question will become the defense, but they'll be able to to beat Indiana, I think, by a couple of touchdowns. They'll beat Youngstown State. They'll beat Western Kentucky. They'll barely break a, a sweat.
but then you've got to you've got to go to South Bend after that. So that's a hell of a a mile marker still in September to see where you're at. That's right. And all I know is noted Irish fan Pat Boyle giving me a let's go. I might have to make it back out to South Bend, go through a couple tables, get the people fired up. Would you have the connections to get a ticket to Ohio State versus Notre Dame? Maybe. Maybe I can pull some strings. Okay. I have. Go ahead. So basically the connection I had when I went to Notre Dame USC in 2021 was my one of my best friends from college. His girlfriend at the time played lacrosse at Notre Dame. So she was able to get some good tickets for the low. I mean, I still had to pay for them, but it was, I guess, I don't know if she got a reduced price or student pricing or whatever. And through the athletic department, so pretty decent seats. They have since broken up. Oh, Ooh. no. Oh, no. So maybe that game's what? That game's in a month from now? Yeah, September 23rd. Maybe today, fire off a little, hey, how you been? Yeah, you need to lay some groundwork. How about that? Well, I would think that your aunt's new boyfriend, as the FedEx Cup champ, could just ask for (laughs) three tickets to that game for free (laughs) on the arm. Boyle's aunt thinks that Victor Hovland's really hot. Yeah. Would you lay groundwork with your buddy's ex-girlfriend for the ticket? Is that... Is that too creep? Yes. Is that so? Is it? I don't think it's creep. Is it? Is it crossing? You know, is that crossing the friendship line? Yeah. Bros before you know what. This mm. would be the opposite of that. I think if it's for tickets for Notre Dame Ohio State, I think he'll understand. <laughs> really? <laughs> would you run it by him before you did it? Um. Yeah. So I'm sure he'll understand. I mean, there's zero chance she's going to help you out. Why? I never did anything to her. Because you're what's-his-name's friend. No, because because Boyle's a charmer. Because she probably Mm. met Boyle. She's now on a rebound situation. Okay. She's like, "Uh, you know, Pat could come into town. Right, I could get two tickets, Pat. Oh, yeah, you got to say, if if you'd like to go. I got to bring her? You have to. I don't want to do that. Well, you have to offer giving her something. Dinner. <laughs> well, wow. being forced to bed. There we go. And then that, that's really probably crossing the friendship line. It definitely is, but it's Ohio State Notre Dame. Yeah, and you're already crossing it, reaching out to her for tickets. So just run past the <laughs> line. Right. Right. Go really? all in. Yeah. Spread some seed. No half some tickets. Go through some tables. Oh, does she still live out there? No. She lives on, lo and behold, Long Island. Hmm. There you go. So I guess I could make that aspect of the deal. I could tie that that knot. And then... What's the knot? Her. So you'd go out to Long Island to take her out. Take Yeah, take care of some business <laughs> and then get the tickets in return. Go get some baked clams. Is that, is that how that works? Look, DA, there is, there is nothing I'm not willing to do to go to that game. Yeah, well... And if I can get them for reduced pricing... Because they're going to be better. Th- yeah, even better. Right now, one of these sites, cheapest ticket, 510 bucks. Not bad. On top of a flight. Yeah. Ooh. On top of a hotel. So you could pay 510 and all of that stuff to get there, or you could do your friend dirty, toss to this girl, hit her up for tickets, and take her with you. Mm-hmm. And who knows what happens. Let me ask you. You said she played female, uh, women's lacrosse? Correct. Got to be in shape for that. You know what? You invite road trip, 
hang out at the women's lacrosse house. Crash there. Crash there. See what I can get myself into there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and just remember the last time you went through a table, really nobody acknowledged that you, were, you existed. <laughs> Does it make a noise? Was right. that the Notre Dame game that you did that? Yes. Pat Boyle took Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia to South Bend and offered to crash through a folding table. We got video of it and nobody noticed that he did it. <laughs> <laughs> just did it. I didn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, I didn't shout it out. I wasn't. <laughs> no, it's, it's better to do that type of stuff like th thrusting yourself, flinging yourself at a folding table really quietly and subtly. <laughs> You don't really want to draw attention to yourself. <laughs> Nobody even looked. There was somebody next to you having a conversation, and the conversation didn't stop. Okay. Well, <laughs> you just wanted to test how it felt. Yeah, it was a good dismantling of a table. If if people didn't if people didn't turn around and applaud me, that's the least of my worries. Right now, right now, I watch the A Cap is playing it in a loop. How liquored up were you? Decent amount. There was JMO was flowing. JMO was flowing big time. And they they like I got to give his ex-girlfriend credit. She really <laughs> planned out the weekend very very well. There's there's a special really gets me going when someone gets an itinerary down. Oh yeah. For a weekend. She had the Friday night, the Saturday, we took the tour of campus, parked in the parking lot for where we were going to tailgate after we did the tour of campus, went to the bookstore, I got some Notre Dame accoutrements. And then we went back into the parking lot, and the tailgate was just kicking off. And that was probably 1 p 2 p.m., and it was a solid four hours of JMO flowing. The best part is there was just a random folding table that was probably being used for flip cup or something. That was something. our table. And it's just sitting there in the middle of a group of people talking and waiting for the game. They are calmly discussing <laughs> the game over a couple of beers, nobody's hyped up, nobody's chanting anything, nobody's in face paint. It's just like a nice, calm tailgate. And here comes Pat from out of the frame, <laughs> running towards a folding table and launching himself at it, crashing down to the asphalt, getting up, and people are like, what did you just do? Why did yeah, you one destroy guy, that table? One guy turns around and is like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> did, oh, you, nice. did you fall? <laughs> did you get pushed into this? I'm just trying to fire everybody up. I was like, all right. Could have just did that at a church and got the same reaction. <laughs> I was going to jump off of the, I think we had like a, not a U-Haul, but it was like a rent-a-van, I think. I was going to jump off the roof of that. <laughs> and my friend was like, no, dude. He goes, the last thing, he goes, I don't, he goes, I know you care about this game way more than I do. He goes, but I really don't want to have to miss this game because we have to take you to the hospital. <laughs> and... Usually at Bill's Mafia, when somebody does this, there's a crowd chanting, jump, jump. Then you get you get ketchup and mustard squeezed on you, and somebody gets up and hoists you up onto their shoulders, and you're a hero. In this case, a tree falls. Nobody turns around. I mean, not even people, a little people bit. People are just like, what? Oh, come on. No one's fired up. They didn't even look to dismiss it. They just never looked in the first place. I mean, was the was the table not made of normal table materials? Did it not make a noise? It was like a twenty dollar one. No, it made like a. And then you get up and walk away like you didn't mean yeah. like you didn't mean to do it. I'm good. I'm, good. I'm fine. I wanted to get in and, and get out. Beer. Oh. Beer.
I wanted Ooh, to get in and out. New shoes, sorry. No, no, I didn't stand up and I was like, ah! No, not at all. I'm trying to jump over the table. Somebody actually, somebody ripped a, a hey-o, which I always say, but, and then all of a sudden somebody's mom just goes, oh, come on! <laughs> From beginning to crash, Pat Boyle did not read the room. Upon crashing, he read the room. You guys, that was it? Okay. Got it. Uh, need a beer? Yeah. Need a beer? Not that kind of party. All right. Need, need a beer? We had in. Uh, go Irish. Uh, see you guys in the stadium. You And, and you would jump off that U-Haul truck and someone would move the table. You know, and then no one would react, though. This would be the same reaction you just got. Let's go, Irish! Yeah! <laughs> Boom. No, I didn't. Nobody. No. I'll, you? I'll see you inside. You, me? You, you, me? You, you, me? You, me? You, 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 table? Oh, oh, you were eating off that. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you wanted those nachos. My, my this bad. Donation table. Oh, okay. Oh, I just got cheese whiz over your pants. Oh. Mm. But the table, but the jump. The jump? The hey You mean? Were me? you the hey You? I you heard me? the hey <laughs> yeah, That wasn't you. You mean? You mean? You mean? <laughs> Maybe you're not allowed back for the Ohio State game. Oh, I'm allowed back. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bogues' his headline. It was a good Sunday night for C.J. Stroud. On the fake. Stroud, time, lofting, end zone caught. Touchdown, Nico Collins. That's Kevin Burkhardt on Fox calling Stroud's first preseason TD pass. It was his final throw, but became a 17-13 Texans win in New Orleans last night. After which, Houston head coach D'Amico Ryan said Stroud is QB1. Blessed enough to be able to be a starter so so young in his league, um, which is the easiest thing to do. But I know my coaches have trust and, and faith in me, so I'm going to go out there and try to do my best. Stroud is the Texans' fourth week one starter in as many seasons. Dolphins rookie receiver Daywood Davis is now in concussion protocol, but out of the hospital back in Miami. He was hurt Saturday night in Jacksonville for the second time this summer. A game did not finish because of a scary on-field injury. The mother of shamed Spanish Soccer Federation President Luis Rubiales is apparently on a hunger strike, locking herself in a church in what? Spain to protest her son's treatment. Like her creepy son, mom says the kiss between Rubiales and Jenny Hermoso after Spain won the World Cup two Sundays ago was consensual, even though the world saw Rubiales grab Hermoso by the arms and pull her in to kiss her on the and lips. I think afterwards she said she wasn't cool with it. Correct. And then they put out a statement attributed to her that wasn't from her. And, he, and then Friday when we were on the air, he walked into a board meeting and said, I'm not resigning. I'm not resigning. The, the kiss was consensual. Everything's fine. And now he has a 90-day provisional suspension from FIFA, and his mom has locked herself in a church until we start being nice to him. Why don't we get these stories in the States? I could do an entire week on somebody's mom on a hunger strike in a church. Please. I need this. Yeah, we, we need some of these in the U.S. I need James Harden's mom locked in a church in a hunger strike. <laughs> or somebody related to Herm Edwards defending his name <laughs> in Arizona State football. Oh, man. All the good stuff happens across seas. 
Uh, speaking of Arizona State football, they will not play a bowl game this season. I didn't check if they were in line to play one. I don't know how actually significant a punishment this is, if they're going to suck and therefore not be in a bowl game anyway, but this is their punishment. A lot of Las Vegas bowls under her. That's true. That now they're going to not be able to go to. Uh, this is the school's punishment, while the NCAA might drop the hammer soon for multiple major recruiting violations under Herm. The San Francisco Giants have won a three-game sweep from the Braves, an 8-5 home win on Sunday Night Baseball. Only their sixth win in 20 games. The Brewers, meanwhile, now have eight wins in their last eight games. A one-pitch. High fly ball. Deep left center field. Back goes Soto at the track. It's off the top of the wall. Monasterio will score. Contreras slides headfirst into second with an RBI double. That is a big insurance run for the Brewers. It's 10-6 crew. That's Jeff Levering, Brewers Radio Milwaukee. A 10-6 home win over the Padres, maintaining their four-game lead on the Cubs atop the NL Central. Those two begin a series at Wrigley tonight. USA men's basketball with a 50-37 lead on Greece in pool play at the FIBA World Cup right now. Is that so? Jalen Brunson leads the way. With eight points, the Phoenix Mercury will not make the WNBA playoffs for the first time in 10 years after losing to Dallas yesterday. 10 years was the longest active postseason streak in the league. It ties for the that second longest long. ever. That's long. Uh, and, How about that? And Simone Biles, the U.S. gymnastics all-around champ for a record eighth time, claiming that title last night in Chicago. She just returned to competition three weeks ago after a two-year break following the Tokyo Olympics. DA, back to you. A comment on YouTube as Cap reruns the table crash of Pat Boyle. Kyle writes, hey, that was my grandma's table. (laughs) (laughs) Have plastic all over it? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that was my grandma's table. You just smashed a bit. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Uh, Beer? My bad. My bad. When we come back here on the show, advance analytics and your epic fail. DA, CBS Sports Radio. No one knows what analytics is. They think it's like a bunch of nerds doing math, which I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. (laughs) It's time now for the Mothership's Advanced Analytics. Pizza Body got fired up ripping writers and actors for not finding a solution to the writer's strike. Do you care about the Writers Guild of America being on strike? 70% of you say, no! Now, the data department tells us the strike officially started on May the 2nd. It was the first strike in 15 years. They could not come to a new contract. 11,500 film and TV writers belong to the Writers Guild, and luckily all the best shows from the 80s can still air and will not be affected, so Pete the Body is only angry because of current Jeopardy. Exactly. <laughs> These morons have been on strike since May. May. Here's here's my way to arbitrate, or whatever it is, the whole situation, okay. however you say it. <laughs> make, make someone be the point man every time they have negotiations, so you don't have this issue anymore. There's one. So you are willing to be the arbitrator between... Yes. These two sides. I am. Okay. What do we decide of the fail here? This very conversation. This very conversation. Here it is, your epic fail. Even the DA show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic fail. Have they figured that out, by the way? Is it officially Ken Jennings and and what's her name? Now Mayim has left the celebrity Jeopardy. 
Okay. She's doing this, I think, in honor of the SAG-AFTRA writer strike. Oh, okay. Are you doing theater tonight? What do you mean, in honor of the writer strike? Come on. You're not writing Jeopardy. Game show. Enough. I'm not as in tune with the reasoning, but (laughs) I... Ridiculous! These guys, millions of dollars, walking around. I'm getting a little tired of it. Well, the writers don't make millions of dollars. Yeah, but then the actors are stepping in now. Like, like they, like they're gonna do something. Solidarity. Yeah. Oh, hey, I'm gonna hold the picket sign, and they're gonna go back to their 400 million dollar mansion. Get lost. Enough. I think you're an idiot. Pay the writers. Let's go. Do you support? Pay the the writers. Let. Do you support the writer strike? Oh, look. Get your money. Get your money. But you know what? I don't need to see the actors out there. They're not doing anything to help the matter. How about you pay them? All right? And, and, and you take care of the problem. All right? Well, get this over with. And enough with this uh, these solidarity uh, uh, claims. Enough. What if I'm going to watch a game show. <laughs> Trash all that garbage. Your idea to solve the writer's strike with the pro- with the, pro- the producing companies is have the actors pay the writers? Yes, they should. <laughs> they, they should chip in. They do not need you on that picket line. Come on, man. If Pete wasn't a union, he'd be perpetually on strike. But here he is telling the actors to get back to work. I, make sure my, I my need deals Blossom taken. on my Jeopardy screen. Make sure my deal's taken care of. Enough. I want to watch a game show, damn it. And you can still watch Jeopardy. You can't just watch it with Blossom. Oh, I, I got to watch one from four years ago. Great. I just don't like them because Blossom needs to go out and, and have a coffee and, and walk a picket line for a couple hours <laughs> and, go back, and then go back home. I want to get something out of this whole thing that they call life. Enough. (laughs) Ridiculous. (laughs) Enough. (laughs) Very bland. How can you be that stupid? Forget the bugs. Epic fail, you loser. That is why you fail. Epic fail. Maya Bialik is a wonderfully interesting person. She, She once said that she taught her children sign language before they could actually speak so that they didn't have to wear diapers. So by 12 months, they were using the potty. She had taught, because I guess she's a neuroscientist or has a background in neuroscience. She would teach them sign language. She would teach them clenched fist side to side, man, I have to go to the bathroom. Boom, no diapers by 12 months. So Pete, I think maybe we should think about that with our kids. Well, shouldn't she be doing something more than picketing then? (laughs) She's much better than acting. Okay. That'll do it for us this morning here on the DA Show. Thanks to executive producer Pat Boyle, who's in this week. Thanks to Pete the Body Bilotti on the Wheels of Steel, audio director. Thanks to Mr. Andrew Kaplan, the Wizard Watch DA, and Andrew Bogish on your headlines. Be good. Be good to one another. We'll see you tomorrow for Trash Tuesday. I'm DA, and the mothership disconnects. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.